You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. Palo Alto Networks has the broadest, most comprehensive cybersecurity for private cloud, public cloud, and SaaS environments because secure clouds are happy clouds. Protect yours today at go.paloaltonetworks.com slash secure clouds. My Creepy Quest to Save Humanity from Robocar Commuting by Matt Hardigree. I am finally living the life that futurists promise will bring me the happiness and balance I crave. The autonomous car has freed me from the slog of commuting. Rather than driving, I am using my time productively, for I am always connected, always working. Actually, I'm squatting in my Subaru with a laptop, reclined against a nursing pillow, hoping no one calls the cops. And I'm not sure whether this experiment is a fantasy or a nightmare. So many people tout the benefits of driverless cars, millions of lives saved, trillions of dollars made, that it's easy to ignore the potential downsides. Although specific impacts remain to be seen, some believe the technology will compound the environmental, developmental, and societal shifts sparked by the post-war rise of the automobile and growth of suburbs. The record has shown that when we have changes in transportation technology where people can move faster, you have more sprawl, says Eric Morris, a transportation expert at Clemson University. And here, autonomous means faster because any time spent in a robocar can be spent getting ahead on work, theoretically saving you time once you're in the office. The looming age of autonomy will rob you of your last excuse for tuning out the world, that you're driving and you can't take that call or answer that email. You surely hate this because everyone else does. One of the things that people are bemoaning is that information and communication technology have made it possible to work all the time, says Morris. Yet the people who design and build automobiles seem jazzed for this future because they keep unveiling concept cars centered on making it easier to stay connected, to work, in other words, while the robot does the driving. Maybe this won't be too bad. To find out, I decided to give it a trial run by spending a day working in the car. I wanted to see if I can get anything done and how long I last before going nuts. 
Mercedes-Benz wasn't about to loan me its F-15 luxury-in-motion concept, so I had to make do with my Subaru Forester in my driveway. More on that in a moment. In theory, people commute in an effort to balance their desire to do a certain job against their desire to live in a certain place. But a vast amount of recent research shows people don't realize just how much they hate sitting in the car. Force an employee who doesn't commute to start spending an hour driving to work, and you'd have to pay that poor office drone another 40% just to maintain the same level of job happiness, University of Zurich researchers wrote in 2004. It probably won't surprise you to know that the same researchers found in another study that the longer your commute, the unhappier your family is about things. A Swedish study found that people who must travel long distances for work, regardless of their mode of transportation, are more likely than non-commuters to split up with their partners. But there's good news, as the most self-righteous commuters, people who bike and make sure you know it, will tell you, commuting need not suck. A survey out of McGill University in Montreal found that pedestrians, train commuters, and cyclists display a significantly higher satisfaction level than drivers, metro users, and bus users. In theory, if people could get other stuff done while driving, they'll find the trip more pleasant and more productive, Morris says. Perhaps then a life of longer commutes and exaggerated sprawl won't be so bad if the car of tomorrow is a pleasant or at least acceptable place to get a little work done. Okay, back to my driveway. I've spent almost half my career working from home or anywhere I can schlep a laptop. I've done my job on planes and trains and in a cabin in the woods in between games of Capture the Flag. But I'd never worked in my car. And before I could, I had to figure out how. Turns out, some people spend a lot of time thinking about this. Engineers need to create space to move around some and interfaces that allow touch, talk, and digital recording, says David Harrison, who studies telecommuting at the University of Texas at Austin. It would be critical to allow the space to be customizable, either walling off the passenger or allowing light and openness to the outside world through glass, different strokes for being productive. With that in mind, I quickly realized that I would need to face the back of the car so I could stretch out my legs. So I fashioned my work pod by leaning against the back of the passenger seat with my wife's old nursing pillow for support. I placed my laptop on a tray and my lunch in my daughter's car seat. I look ridiculous. But who says the future must be cool? I carry on, running my phone through the sound system, and I open up the sunroof to offset the cocoon effect of the tinted rear windows. I run the engine to avoid draining the battery and open a window for air. I eat my lunch and debate the finer points of Tex-Mex food with fellow media nerds in a slack we share. It's been a bit over an hour and work is happening. I start to not care that I look ridiculous. An older woman pushing a stroller sees me facing the wrong way in the back of my car. She looks confused and in her rush to flee gets the stroller stuck on the curb. Not everyone is ready for the future. My dystopian fears of an all-encompassing work-hell space aside, I'm more comfortable with this future than Stroller Lady. 
If you can start your workday the moment you get into your office pod, you can, in theory, shorten your workday by utilizing your commute time. This, of course, assumes your boss is cool with that and that you can do your job remotely. Big assumptions, as anyone who takes commuter rail can tell you. The ride is too often time to get some work done without getting credit for it. Maybe you split the difference and work on the way to work, but sleep or play an RPG on the way home. I'm now fully reclined, and the gentle thrum of the engine, coupled with a soft breeze, is lulling me to sleep. I worry my neighbors may think I've gone crazy or died, so I manage to stay awake. Social mores will have to change to meet the autonomous telecommuter. My skepticism starts to fade. Being in my office pod certainly beats any office I've worked in. No one here complains about it being too warm while the rest of the office complains about it being too cold. I've traded the iced coffee kegerator for chirping birds and the snack wall for a little peace and quiet. A fair deal. Even with this new perspective, I find it hard to believe the rise of autonomous cars will lead people to live hours and hours away from a city center, assuming they can afford to make such a move at all. There are too many benefits of being close to other people. And if there were a large-scale move to conquer the space on the far edges of a city's reach, it would only make those places more expensive and more crowded, thus undoing their advantages. More likely, people will live roughly where they live now and simply exchange drive time for some work time. I survived a couple of hours working in the back of my car because I chose to. In the future, perhaps the best you can hope for is that you still get to make that choice. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.